Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About Teaching. I'm Yasmin Murray and today we're talking about the First Minister's announcement to welcome back the Early Years Childcare Centre, Primary 1, 2 and 3 and Secondary S4 and S6 practical subjects to complete essential coursework. Following the First Minister's announcement, the Education Institute for Scotland the largest teaching union association, voiced their concerns over school safety, which they feel must be addressed before phased return. The EIS have warned that significant concerns over school safety remain to be addressed. I myself, as school rep, have just spent most of today reading over our 49-page risk assessment. This has been sent out by our local authority, Each local authority has taken their own view on how to implement the government guidance and respond to the Bounce Back Covid Return to School Recovery Group for Education in Scotland. The EIS General Secretary Larry Flanagan said that teachers, parents, pupils and school staff will be supportive of a face-to-face return to teaching as soon as it's safely possible. However, that return should not override the safety concerns voiced by members. Teachers are understandably nervous about the announcement. We've spoken on this podcast before about how many teachers felt the return of the infants who could not socially distance, as this is evidenced in the risk assessment that I've read for my own school today. We acknowledge that Primary 1 and 2 are following play-based pedagogy and are actually following the ELCC childcare guidelines, which do not have physical distances or mandatory masks involved. The EIS highlighted infection levels in North Lanarkshire, stating that test positivity was still at 6% in this local authority in Scotland, higher than the World Health Organisation's recommendations of reopening, and that this evidence suggests the virus and the new strains that many, many teachers and school staff, including cleaners, janitors, business support officers, classroom assistants and additional support needs assistants, are quite rightfully concerned about bringing home to their families. Larry Flanagan went on to say that the backdrop of the blended learning model has left teachers really wondering what happened to the phased return that would see smaller class sizes, that would protect teachers, allow for social distancing and restrict mixing between households. Physical distancing, of course, is very difficult in school. The practicalities of this at any level is unimaginable for most. If you haven't been in a school working with up to 33 little people from different households, you won't really be able to fathom what it's like. I'd like you to imagine asking 33 little people to wash their hands, making sure they've washed their hands, asking them then not to touch any surfaces or doors or communal contact points while they go outside and get their winter wear and their snacks on. Some of these children are needing help tying laces, zipping up coats, putting on hats, gloves and scarves. This is teachers and classroom assistants and additional support needs assistants that are on the front line working with a mixture of different households. We do not have the same personal protective equipment. We are being told that face masks are not covered as PPE. Our cloth face masks are acceptable. Teachers remain very concerned about the new variant, especially aerosol transmission. Many teachers are extremely disappointed that medical grade face masks have not been offered. The greater protection and the reassurance this would provide for all staff working in the school building surely would be worth it. Larry Flanagan and the rest of the EIS union are urging the Scottish Government to reconsider this with urgency. Teaching staff have had some positivity coming from the lateral flow of testing. This introduction of two weekly tests for staff and senior pupils is welcome. 
Of course, this is an opt-in programme. The union are encouraging their members to engage with it. There still remains a strong argument for the prioritisation of teaching and school staff for the vaccination. The Scottish Government has been particularly clear on this. They have said they will not deviate from the GCVI priority group list for vaccination. In my local authority, I do know that 400 members of staff that work for the Council within Education and Childcare Services have been offered the vaccination. What's interesting about this particularly is that the argument for this wasn't actually to protect the teaching staff, but in fact to protect vulnerable children with with underlying health conditions who would be at a higher risk from contracting COVID from the adults working with them in the education service department. This was particularly identified as special care provision, and this was dictated not by our local authority or by our council, but instead by the Scottish Government. I know myself, I have reached out to my own headquarters and local authority and raised concerns about social distancing and requested additional PPE to be on site. However, I have been informed that the current guidance suggests limited transition between young people and that what I am using, which is face mask I provided myself, is adequate and that the surgical type face masks, although may provide extra comfort, are not necessary in the educational setting. That surgical disposable masks complemented by rigorous cleaning and hygiene controls, will be applied at my school. The problem of this is the practicalities of the cleaning regime. We have absolutely no doubt that the cleaners and our staff are very well stretched. They do their absolute best to get all common touch points and they move around a very large area of the school. But unfortunately, the problem is going As we welcome the return of P1, 2 and 3, we still have our key worker and vulnerable children in our hubs classes. So we now also have P1 to 3, and key worker and vulnerable children from P4, P5, P6 and P7. This means there are more teachers working inside the school. This means there are more families congregating at the school grounds and the school gates. This means there are more children mixing in communal areas such as the lunch hall, the bathrooms, the playgrounds and the corridors. This means there are more classroom assistance and additional support needs assistance required to be in the building, working in close proximity in small groups with early years infant children who they are being told they do not need socially distance from and that there is no evidence that they transmit the virus. Unfortunately, our teaching experience that's taken us from March 2020 into the reopening in August 2020 and the remaining closure over the Christmas period when we were supposed to return in January 2021, is that we have had many positive cases and, as a result, isolations in our early years in childcare centres and also in our infant primary classes. It's almost as if the P1 to 3 teachers have been welcomed back to school with more questions than answers. Many concerns surrounding the P1 to 3 infant return, ranging from the difficulty for ensuring cleanings, sending groups of children to the bathroom, helping with outdoor wear, winter wear, ensuring the classrooms are clean throughout the day, being responsible for cleaning resources and toys every day throughout individual use and making sure everything is thoroughly cleaned before sharing with other classes and other children. Those teachers are wondering, is there going to be anyone there to help with that? How will they ensure that they are also keeping an eye on the children that they're responsible to teach, learn and care for in the class while they are thoroughly cleaning out possibly 20 dinosaurs, bits of Lego cube. The realities of this in practice are really quite appalling. 
Our early years childcare centres are obviously suffering the same in a nursery environment, but the difference really is as a class teacher, these primary one, two and three teachers will be returning with themselves, and if they're lucky, one classroom assistant or additional supports need assistance. But in our school, for example, these staff members will still be supporting the key worker and vulnerable children at the hub. So these teachers will be on their own, ensuring that they are protecting themselves, having high cleaning, hand washing and hygiene standards, making sure everything is wiped down, making sure all the children are washing their hands before they're having their snack, before they're having their lunch, before they're going home at the end of the day, making sure expectations are set every day for procedures for hand washing, cleaning. Really, the argument that early years are in a bubble is quite bizarre because as soon as these children are in the bathroom, in the playground, or in the lunch hall, we have cross-contamination, we obviously have mixing, we don't have a clear one-way system that a P1, 2 or 3 could independently follow. We don't have social distancing signs that these children could be able to read and identify with. Some of the other concerns for these early years staff, if there have been any thoughts in primary one or two moving away from play-based learning and trialling out some sort of teaching and learning that was a restricted seating plan to offer some protection. What we don't want is to have a situation where P123 return, we're working across play-based pedagogy, mixing in groups and have a whole class bubble. And then someone thinks they have symptoms of coronavirus, we have a positive case and the entire class is isolating for 10 days. We do not want this. We want to be able to mitigate all and any circumstances as much as possible. These teachers are asking, do we have a template action for behaviour that doesn't align with health and safety procedures? We're saying, for example, resources that we have in our playground that we cannot ensure the cleaning of should not be used. But when we're out, for example, it's widespread in Scotland, I do believe, the Daily Mile, getting our exercise in. When we're restricted in these circumstances, we're not allowed to do indoor PE. The children do need to shake off computer screen-led learning. They do want to go out and blow off steam and get rid of some energy. What will we do if a child does not follow the instructions to leave equipment that's in our playground alone? And then we do not have hand sanitizers, washing facilities outside in the playgrounds. Will that child touch their face? Will that child touch the teacher? Will that child touch another child? What is the procedure for following a small child who really doesn't understand the importance of protecting our adults and our families and our school against coronavirus? They really will just feel like we're having a bit of a pop at them. In our school, for example, we've requested more PPE. We've requested more visors, three-ply or two-ply cloth face masks and sealable bags for us to store our temporary removed face masks, for example, when we're eating at lunch or having a coffee at the break. We are putting these face masks down on surfaces that haven't been cleaned, that are not sanitised, and then we're putting that back on our face. And we're thinking that this is a high standard of hygiene protocol. We've asked whether we still have aprons and gloves and whether these can be put in every teacher's classroom. The problem is money. The problem is the finance to fund this. The problem is the councils are well stretched. Their budgets are not able to keep up with the demands of IT from teachers. They're not able to keep up with the demands of PPE that is deemed unnecessary by the Scottish Government and the supervisory group. And I think that is what hurts teachers the most, that the Scottish Government and the supervisory group for the coronavirus guidelines from the safe reopening from schools is not demanding that teachers have medical grade face masks. We are deemed as not working in close contact with lots of households. Well, we are. Not social distancing from small people? Of course we're not. Social distancing from each other within a classroom? Well, let me tell you, speaking of additional supports need children that are in mainstream environments, 
if a child who is a high tariff is in a situation where they may cause harm to themselves, they may cause harm to others, or actually they may try and leave the safety of the school premises, these adults need to come into close contact for the safety of the child. They need to put that first, that local parentis. The practicalities of social distancing for children with high tariff social and emotional needs do not work in practice, and teachers know that, which is why we are asking for additional PPE. And to be told that you do not need it, it is not necessary because you're using other mitigations such as hand washing and hand sanitizers, is not providing any teacher returning next Monday the 22nd of February with any confidence in the safe return of them into schools. And what that has is an implication for their families, for the people that are in their households that they love and care about, that they have been staying at home to protect. They are now on the front line facing something that they do not feel they have been equipped or trained to do. In our school, we are still to have any sort of formal training on the appropriate use of face masks. We think we all know how to do this. It'll sound silly. I mean, I've requested training on how to properly wear, use, temporarily remove and dispose of a face mask. But the truth is, if we are not very, very careful, we are all vulnerable. And one weak link in the chain means that our entire school, our families, our parents, our cleaners, our catering staff, our business support staff, our janitors, our classroom assistants, everyone that works in that school environment is opening up a vulnerability that we do not wish to have. It's a very difficult thing and I think it does raise a lot of emotions. I have a lot of empathy for staff who are returning on a full-time basis next week. Myself, I'm going to be in supporting key work and vulnerable children. I'm going to be in doing my groups that I work with in early years, infants, P1, 2 and 3. To have the rest of Scotland to be told to stay at home and to be an early years infant teacher, to walk in to face what could be 28 children from different households who will be in close contact in a school where you do not know who's been in those classes, who's been using those environments because we have had key work and vulnerable children in. We've had visitors to the school in. We've had people moving around our building. We do not know where, we do not know. And I think the fear of the unknown, my heart goes out to any member of staff returning to school on Monday and any anxieties they had, you know, you should be able to express them. You should voice your concerns to your union rep, to your head teacher, to your line manager, to your education manager, maybe to your friends and family so they know to take it a little bit easy on you. You're going through something that no one has ever had to go through before. I think that a lot of the teaching profession feel that this is a sort of experiment. We're sending these small people back to school in the hope that there is no evidence that the transmission is going to be occurring. But in reality, we are up close and personal dealing with these children, snot, sneezes and all, tears if they fall, business support staff who are actually dealing with cuts, bruises, grazes, working right up, close contact and physical contact with these children. Let's just hope we do all manage to return safely to school and let's just hope we manage to keep this, the spread of coronavirus in our schools low so that we can stay open and so that actually the rest of the world can get back to work and that we can bring the rest of the school back as quickly as possible. And let's hope that our teaching professionals, all of the staff that work within the school community and contribute to the teaching and learning and running of our schools feel safe and that any requests they make are met with empathy and not scrutinisation. Thank you so much for listening to the Let's Talk About Teaching podcast today. If you wish to, please do get in touch with the podcast. I'd love to hear you and your thoughts, any ideas for future episodes. You can send me a voice note, you can send me an email or you can leave me a review whatever you'd prefer. The email is time to talk about teaching at gmail.com. That's time to talk about teaching at gmail.com. And if you scroll to the bottom of this podcast, you can rate and review and I will get any of your feedback and comments there. Feel free to get in touch with me and I will be looking forward to hearing what you have to say. 
Thank you so much for listening to Let's Talk About Teaching today. Take care.